I didn't know how to edit. I had never written comedy. It is algorithmic. It is calculated and technical. And I think somebody who is 18 wanting to start their YouTube channel will probably know more about YouTube than I do today. Hey everyone, I'm Erin Ashley Simon. I'm a broadcaster, entrepreneur, and a cultural disruptor who's redefining what it means to be a creator. Welcome to Real Gems. Today's episode is about transitioning away from traditional disciplines within culture and art and moving more towards emerging ones. Today's guest is an award-winning TV and digital host, actor, as well as producer who found her early success in 2010 on YouTube and amassed a global digital audience due to her comedy, her writing, as well as her passion for gaming. She continued her momentum as a multifaceted, classically trained entertainer who has danced between both digital and traditional media. Please welcome Mari Takahashi, aka Atomic Mari. I am so happy you're here today. We always have conversations like in informal settings. I think this is the first time we're actually having a formal conversation. What if it goes totally different because now there's microphones in front of us? Uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it, I doubt it. No, I, I'm so excited to be here, honestly. And like, since the since the beginning of like i forget how exactly we met yeah, but like we've had so many good conversations yes. like whether they're two minutes long or like yep. two hours long I'm, i come out of it being like okay i'm inspired <laughs> i feel like like confident about myself and i and i'm like i just i feel so good talking to you oh thank you thank you <laughs> me too and i'm always just like dang like if i could do it i could do it she's been in the game longer Dude, we're really good at gassing each other <laughs> up <know> we are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's crazy i feel like we we go through similar things but at the same time our beginnings are very different it kind of shows you that we're we all go through similar struggles even though we come from different beginnings yeah. and Yours is actually quite fascinating because even before we get into the YouTube stuff, you were a dancer. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about that. I actually have seen some of your Instagram stuff. I think uh, you do it sometimes. You, I think you do like some dancing sometimes or you used to and you post it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, so tell us about that. How did you get into all that? Yeah. So I got into it because my mom is a ballet dancer. Really? And so she has a ballet oh. school. I'm a second generation dancer. I don't know. Dancing out <laughs> of the womb or however way you say it. But it was like <laughs> kind of like my destiny since like I was born. She mm -hmm. knew that she wanted to kind of um, teach everything that she knew to her daughter. And so... Um, yeah, I was dancing before I even knew it. At age three, I was on contract. I was touring. Like, we were, I was working from age three to what, uh, 10 years old um, on tour. And wow. so it's like, I was just thrown into it um, mm -hmm. before I really was like, oh, maybe I'll try something else. But I do remember when I was 10, all I wanted to do was like kick stuff. And I'm like, I just want to do soccer and I want to do karate. Um, but I kept it at ballet the whole time. Um, and it's weird. I, like, now that I think of it, I'm like, if it was up to me, would I have stuck with the singular thing? Mm. Knowing my brain now, I'm like, no, I wouldn't have. I would've been like, I do two months of soccer, and then I'm like, oh, I wanna try something else. And then I'm gonna try something else. But because I was, um, sort of like ushered into this this way, yeah, I kept at it. And it was the only thing I did after school. Sometimes I'd be pulled up, pulled out of school to do it. And so I was able to like really focus in 
and master one thing. Um, and I went professional at 17, was in a company. That was my nine to five job. Um, and that was gonna be my whole life. I thought I was gonna do ballet until my knees broke and then I would teach ballet until I died. That was my only sort of like trajectory. Wow, I'm, this is new to me. I didn't even know that you were already a pro ballerina. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like another life. I feel like it's a complete separate portion of my life where I'm like, who is that person? Yeah. Um, because like you mentioned, YouTube completely flipped everything around. It was like, mm -hmm. a, a, it was the opposite end of the spectrum being like, hey, we're a road you can take if you want. But I mean, is it really complete opposite? Because like it, you're still quote unquote performing. Like there's, I feel like there's still elements of, of what you did when you're a ballerina that you can implement over. Cause like, for example, I think the, the biggest, cause I was a soccer player. That's why when you said soccer, I was like, yeah. <laughs> cause I played soccer from three to 21 and I played at a very high level. And so I, I, I get what you're talking about. Like it literally felt like my nine to five. Like yes. that was my job. And, but I do feel like there are elements of it that I've, I've really brought over to my career. Like obviously discipline, uh, de de dealing, <laughs> dealing with, a boss or a coach that like, or people that you may not always get along with, but you're gonna have to figure it out. Um, and then also just like the crazy hours. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we literally just said right now, we're like sleep, <laughs> what is that, you know? Oh, it's a, you know, I was just talking to an actor, mm. Dominic Columbus, I was just on his podcast, and he also was an athlete. And it's a really interesting thing, and he now he's a professional actor, um, and, or a working actor. And it's just so interesting that you mentioned that because you do pull from all of your experiences in the past, even though they seemingly don't fit. Mm -hmm. And for me, I didn't think YouTube fit because it, in 2010 when I started, it was the most like renegade sort of like ragtag, it was not a career sort of aspect. And I came from the most, you know, hoity-toity, classical, trained sort of uh, roadway. And so YouTube just didn't feel like it was going to be the thing. But you're right. I kind of extracted all of the things that I could and what everything that I knew, work ethic being one of those things, um, and being as fluid as possible because I didn't know how to edit. I had never written comedy. I hadn't hosted and um, run cameras, and I was a one-woman show. And that was like my thing that I did on one of the, actually at the time, the biggest channel on YouTube. And they just, they gave me a slot. And they said, hey, do you want a show? And me having the audacity to take that with zero experience of making YouTube videos said, yeah, give me the show. <laughs> what did, where did that come from? I have no idea. Um, but as soon as that opportunity was given to me, I knew that I could run through anything with monster hours, like you mentioned, um, and still, no matter what, get the show done. Because that was like, the show must go on mentality was so strong in my head mm -hmm. that at that time I was coaching and teaching ballet. I was at a full-time, um, ballet company performing on weekends and I was starting to do YouTube on a weekly basis and so I don't know there, there were so many moments where I just didn't sleep over the weekend and I would just cry trying to use Final Cut Pro um, and I still did it 
That's weird. It, when you look back, you're just like, wow, like, I did all that. I, put, I was like, it, it's worth it, but at the same time, you're like, dang, I really did that? Yeah, I, I feel that way because I'm like, would I do that right now? And I'm like, when you're mm. young and dumb, you just do it. <laughs> Today, I think I'd be like, let's let's uh, analyze, you know, the, the, the time to output ratio. And sometimes you just, you just have to just do it. I, yeah. I think that the moments where I overanalyze are the moments where I find a bottleneck in what I do. Um, and all this potential for output doesn't happen because I'm like, oh, what if it's not good enough? What if it's, mm -hmm. you know, judged? What if this isn't the direction I want to go? And there's so many things that I can doubt about myself. And I think back then, there was none of that. It was just post it and the folks who see it, see it. And there was perhaps less ego. Maybe I'm a me, maybe I just have way more ego now where I feel like I need to hit a certain, mm. you know, uh, bar or something. Yeah. But I think getting back to those roots is always really important. And how did you go from, like you're saying, when it came to, to being a ballerina, you had this one thing, you had to put all your energy into it and focus it. And then you had to like, kind of like switch directions, do a 180 and then manage and prioritize many things at once like how are you able to do that process i think that was actually perfectly from ballet because there's so many things going on in your head probably also you know like as an athlete you understand this you're you have a match you're thinking about the next thing you're thinking about the people around you um you've got your own you know bring a to b sort of thing and i think with ballet it's the same i'm on stage i'm i'm in the moment thinking about the thing that i need to but i'm also thinking about the music i'm trying to think of like making sure that my costume is staying on um if something feels like it's my my hair is going to fall apart um then a, a little segment of my brain goes there you get used to that sort of thing and um, I think any content creator, producer, any creative understands that you just keep piling on hats. Um, and you get real good at it. But there's also bad things about that too. I, I think that once I started peeling away layers where I'm like, oh, can I give this hat to somebody? I'm like, but I can, I can, I can use that hat, so I'll, I'll keep it on. And lo and behold it was really hard for me to extend out and build out a team because i felt like if i could do it then i should do it and i would feel a lot of shame if i wasn't putting my all into it so um i'd be clamoring onto my 10 hats producer director the host writer all these things and i'm like okay maybe i don't need all these hats <laughs> I feel you. I'm the same way. Like, I am just like, okay, it has to be a certain way. I want to be like this. I want to be like this. And I had to learn. I'm like, you have to start delegating because you just, you, you're not, you can't do it all yourself, especially yes. if you're trying to build a team. Like, I was just like, okay, I want to have a video specific way. I want the podcast to be a specific way. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pass it off. I'll be like, Ben, go film it. You yeah. figure it out. Like, I just don't want to, but I feel like now I'm at a point where it's like trying to prioritize where I want my energy to go into, how do you determine that? Like, how do you determine what's important versus what's urgent versus what you have to delegate? Mm -hmm. And then versus way to say, nah, this doesn't matter. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I think the delegation part comes from just being real and understanding. I know in my head 
that there are things that other people are way better than I am at. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I just pass it on, they will rock it. Um, I think that I had to get over this feeling of like, yeah, again, th- this guilt of like, well, yeah, they could do a better job, but I know I can do it, so I probably should. Um, I, I I think that it just came from a place of like having enough chips on my shoulder of like not feeling like tough enough or not feeling like, I don't know, feeling like, like I had to prove that I could do it all. Um, but the longer that I did it, the more I realized that it's absolutely okay to have chips in your armor and, and ask for help. Um, how I prioritize though, I think, I think that like any creative, it is ping-ponging back and forth with the stuff that you know you have to do and stuff that you want to do. Mm. And understanding that sometimes your brain just works stupidly. <laughs> I keep a lot of lists. And I really uh, love Google Calendar because it keeps me really, really like color coordinated and understanding what I want to get done in the day. So I rely on sort of visual tools that way. Me too. I started adding uh, nap times into my calendar. Oh. Yeah. Like like half hour nap times? or uh, like- Maybe half hour, an hour. So what I do is I just put like a block and I say uh, no meetings, not available. Yeah. So everyone, like, because I ha- my team has access to my calendar. And then the other companies I do work with, they also have access to my calendar. So they know if you don't schedule anything during that time. And that that's like me time. I can nap. Do I you can legit just nap though. Can you just like yeah, conk out? Yeah. That's a superpower. I I can sleep anywhere. I never I have no problem. I remember when Where I used to Where does that come from? I don't I don't know. I guess I think part of it too is like because I've been on set so long and so many times, you got to find your space and time to yeah. nap. Yeah. So I think I just got so comfortable being able to nap. Like literally before you came here, I took like a 15, 20 minute shut eye on that couch out there. Yeah. I just closed my eyes, woke up. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. It's a really interesting thing. I know um, uh, Elijah Wood was, you know, be, it became famous the, the way that he would sleep on set mm-hmm. on Lord of the Rings. He was like 18. So it kind of like also made sense that he was always sleepy. Um, but I too sleep at anywhere for short spurts of time and I'm like I'm good yeah I slept for 45 minutes while I was waiting for my car to get charged on the way here from Vegas and I was like like a freaking like I was a zombie before and then I I just woke up and I'm like I'm cool slept a total of two hours last night and for whatever reason I don't know it's like the performer (laughs) switch or whatever it is um but I do think that it comes from whatever you do early on athletes like when you got to be on you just got to be on um yeah you have people relying on you you've also got just like i don't know this this fire that just is like no you got to do it now <laughs> you just got to go and you do yeah i also think for my athlete days like I, I i never slept then either and then i had to play a soccer game and run over five eight miles a, a match so at that point i'm like I could function without sleep for a bit. Now, though, I'm like, ooh, once I hit that 30, I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I don't know entirely about that. I think I need naps. Do, do you think that there's something to say, though, about, like, you know how hard you can 
um, push yourself and you know how hard you can push your body and still get through tasks that yeah it's it's you've got a good measure of like stress testing because I feel like I I know when I'm on like day three of getting like about four hours nowadays I really tuck her out in my 20s I used to be able to do like four or five days and and then tuck her out but like you you just know when you're like now it's wrong now now I gotta mm. stop but I feel like I know that limit and yeah. I can I'll push it if I need to um or if I'm irresponsible you know what you know what I I view it as I'm better at setting boundaries for myself like nice. I'm better at saying like no like you need to rest your body's clearly telling you it's on e right now take yeah. a rest because because i realized e, i would like not empty not e like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah e like empty yeah. not not for air, you know sometimes sometimes i like not like to be air you know i like to be something else you know yeah i, I wonder if i had I, I never had a persona name so i don't even know what it was actually name? my friends do call me e though that's cool maybe like, yeah instead of aaron it'll just say e i like so it I guess, I guess that's it you that's know. it you're e. like a like a bond um uh spy a bond spy <laughs> yeah don't they have first letters i don't know why james bond has a number but everyone else is yeah like, they, it was that or uh you know uh t-boz from tlc yeah they, they call me e-boz nice because of short hair they're like oh send t-boz your e-boz i like it i know right friends what are I've they got, for i've got dumb names I get wait you do yeah. really <laughs> wait what other i've never heard of it no i mean i don't know why they've always been from like video games we used to play gta a lot mm -hmm. um in my friend group and uh i would always drive around the taco truck so i became mario takahashi <laughs> mario takahashi is how uh my friend lady corn always just <laughs> been going on for 10 years <laughs> oh my god listen you should spin that into you could spin that into something little taco shop maybe like what like like what like i don't know has there is there like a mexican japanese fusion i think there is i know yeah. there's a korean mexican fusion taco truck and it's the bomb really that sounds yeah good. i think it's like bulgogi tacos it's so good Ooh. I think you may Ooh. want to jump oh, on that. Oh, I'm getting some nods over there. Yeah, yeah it is. It was really <laughs> good. And listen, maybe you could spin that into a fusion thing. Maybe. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm I just saying. I can have my own little taco truck. <laughs> what is that uh, movie, Chef? That was so good. <laughs> See, everyone, th this is literally the conversations me and Mari have. Like, all the time. <laughs> they will like, divert. Divert into You have this. questions there. We will get through maybe one. Oh, like, what, are, what, what are, are questions? <laughs> no, but I think it's cool. I think that, I mean, honestly, like, I think this shows you that the dynamic that creators have. Because they don't, I mean, aside from, like, probably this, I don't even think people have really seen, like, me and you in the same space. Yeah. Well, no, I take that back. Uh, LA Comic Con. That's the old, that was the yeah. first time. That yeah. was the first time. But aside from that, no, we just we just be chatting. I know. I know. It's always a good vibe. I like it. Um, yeah. And you gave me a Christmas or a birthday card. That was so sweet. Oh yeah. I have it. I have it on my on my little like uh, section right by our kitchen. Oh. Very sweet. Listen, you gotta give birthday <laughs> cards. I'm I'm. It goes back to what we talked about, which I actually it kind of fits into this question too yes we're gonna hit so, the question yeah, we're probably, <laughs> like when are you get back on track um no but it, it it goes back to you know how we always have conversations where it's like 
it doesn't matter how big you get, right? Like having genuine relationships, be able to communicate with other creators because there's so many ups and downs that come with it. The challenges that you had back in the 2010s with Smosh is not necessarily some of the same challenges that you're facing now. And uh, one of the challenges that you and I talked about is like transitioning, mm-hmm. right? Transitioning with the changing times, transitioning with your careers, because I know you're getting into a lot more acting and slightly moving away from like what most people have known you for. Yeah. It, it's it's freeing, but also kind of scary at the same oh, time. Absolutely, Yeah, especially when you're so tied to it, it becomes your personality or the way that people know you, like you said, yeah. and it's like, yeah, taking that leap and being like, is it the is this the right uh, move? And what does it mean if I let go of this portion of it? Mm-hmm. What I've realized is that you never let it go. Like you yeah. can you can you can shift, but the way that like I remember bands, for example, growing up, mm-hmm. it is a slice in time that that band to me and their songs meant what it meant for my time that I was alive at that time. And I realized that for so much of like what people consume on the internet, it is very similar. I will always be Mari from Smosh Games to a certain amount of people because that is exactly what they watched. And they don't watch me anymore. But for those folks, I'll always be that persona. Mm -hmm. And I think that's totally like, it's perfectly okay Um, because I, I wouldn't have been here without every step of the way. I'll always be Ballet Mari. And I used to go by my full name, which is Mariko. And so, like, I am oh, that's the that. First time ever heard. That's the first time I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah, Mariko. Um, and so, you know, to, a, to a, a, a huge group of folks in the Bay Area, that's who I am. That's who I always will be. Yeah. And I still carry portions of that. It's my language, you know. Dance is my language regardless of the sort of contentious relationship I have with it, it's still the way I express myself in, in a lot of ways. And so I don't think you ever really let it go, but jumping to the next thing is always really scary. It is, but it, it goes, it's, it's interesting because it's basically like audience segmentation, but like life, life segmentation, I guess you could call that. Because like even in life, like people are going to know you for different things. They're yeah. going to know a different sides of you. Like, even though you as a ballerina is still you, it's just a portion of side of you mm-hmm. versus you when you were on Smosh versus when you're actor. Like, it's just showing different sides of yourself. It's still you, but like you said, people are gonna resonate and connect with that portion of you, but yeah. they may not always resonate with the other sides, and that's okay. There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And you've, I mean, the thing I really like is like, you have been able to adjust and find your way, even though I know it's challenging, it's stressful, it's crazy. But at the end of the day, no one can take away from you that you were part of a YouTube OG group that really helped to transcend what it means to be a content creator. Mm. Like, I don't think y'all understand, like, it w- if it wasn't for people like Mari and Smosh and others, like, y- there wouldn't be, like, this YouTube thing that we're seeing now. Like, absolutely, like... That's why I got to give her and them their flowers because they really took it to another level. I mean, I I got to ride on the coattails of two guys who, you know, I mean, Ian and Anthony started when they were in high school and really just to upload videos to share with their friends because of the upload size. And 
they they pioneered something that they had no idea would blow up into this you know all they all they knew how to do was to make the thing that they enjoyed regardless of what it meant regardless if it was for 20 people uh in their friends and family group who were watching or two million people all of a sudden in 2005 you know it's like i i think that i had some of the best mentors um when i started because they always kept their feet on the ground and they still continue to and i think that is the coolest coolest thing um these days starting content now is it's just a different model it it is an actual avenue to a career it is it is algorithmic it is calculated and technical and i think somebody who is 18 wanting to start their youtube channel will probably know more about youtube than i do today and back then it was purely out of love it was purely out of this thing this fringe rebellious thing that was kind of looked down upon. I remember when I was telling people that I was making YouTube videos, they're like, so you're putting videos of yourself online? And I'm like, they're comedy videos. And then I would have to over explain and then I'd feel really weird about it. And I'm like, I'm a ballerina. So I would just stop <laughs> yeah. telling people that I make videos online. I'm like, I'm a ballerina. And it used to be like, <laughs> and even that sometimes was not like, you know, I'm like, I should have just gone to dental school. I don't have to over explain. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone realized what it would, the behemoth it would become. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I appreciate that I was in a really, really fortunate situation where um, these two kids in Sacramento just gave me a show. So um, I, I really owe it to them. And I got to I got to ride this wave, and here I am still. Hey, yeah, you did. But <laughs> hey, listen, you still deserve your flowers. It's still a hard thing to do, and you pulled it off. I, I appreciate it. I think it's taken a lot of years for me to realize like it wasn't just dumb luck. Like I I brought to the table work ethic, and like I I I know I learned a thing that I had no business learning at that time because it had nothing to do with ballet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was given a job and I did it and I showed up and those are the things that ballet taught me. It's mm -hmm. a job, you show up, you do a good job or as best of, to your abilities. Um, you're professional and, and you know, you keep getting hired. And so I very much saw it as a gig and not this sort of like rocket to stardom. Um, and I think that it's really gotta be difficult seeing uh the creator market now because how can you not it's a you, there's a giant rocket in front of you and it says almost guaranteed to get you there because there's so much information as to how to get you there um and so I, I i i give myself props that i was at least able to um take this golden opportunity and not fumble the bag yeah i didn't fumble <laughs> that's i guess i guess that's the props i can give myself <laughs> I mean, hey, that's good in itself because sometimes, you know, I mean, listen, I wasn't on YouTube. Actually, I don't even, was, no, I was old enough. I just didn't do it. I was like, damn, you know what? I didn't even do it. I was like in high school. I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I will drop this, though, for listeners. What got me the job is a follow-up email. I literally messaged Ian saying, can I has job? And I said, hey, I auditioned for this thing a while ago, and I didn't see you hired anyone. What's going on with it? 
To which he replied, hey, yeah, thanks for reminding me. We got really busy. I'll let you know. And then a couple weeks later, I got the job. So. Oh, well, listen, the follow-up is key. But also, it's how you follow up, too. I, I feel like people I follow don't up. Do can I has job? I can do not. <laughs> that was can a I very 2010 job. thing. I don't recommend that now. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I will say, I don't know. Okay, actually, I'm curious about what your thoughts on this. I okay. When it comes to people reaching out to me, depending on what it is, right? If it's just like, oh, they just want to ask questions, I'm fine with it. I'm not really big on business reach outs in DMs. Mm, like yeah. I rather have it in an email for various different reasons. One, I feel like it's easier to find messages in Agreed. email versus DMs. And then two, depending on what it is, sometimes I, I don't know, it depends on how people approach me. Sometimes it some people I'm like, oh, did they go around my representation to DM me? Or like what? Like so I guess, like, for you, like, what do you think about reach outs when it comes to social media DMs or emails? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people may be afraid to send emails. Like, even though the email is right there, they still DM you. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's fascinating. It's very casual. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are at a time of a lot of grifts. And so mm. I think that, at least for me personally, I see a DM and I'm like, I want to see the website. I want to see the the portfolio i want to see all the things because i'm like i don't know if this is a grift or not i don't know if this is a scam or not yeah um but with an email i i agree there's a little bit of an extra air of like here's all my materials and easy links to go to um and i i don't know i guess it's it, it feels more like old school business at the same time i think there, there's plenty of uh, DMs that have, you know, I it's 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 become like working relationships. I hired yeah. somebody that that um, used to watch our content all the time, and so it's like that happened through DMs That's and true. through like tweets and stuff like that. So I think it is really about self awareness and learning that. Um, there isn't, I guess there are courses now. There's like Charisma U University or whatever, Charisma On Demand, I think it's called. Wait, really? There's yeah. a whole course on just having charisma? Yeah, it's a YouTube channel and I think they have courses. But a lot of it is learning how you come across and seeing mm -hmm. uh, examples of folks and like, um, yeah, how, how a certain sentence might, might make somebody feel a certain way or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I think that there are ways to learn it, but you gotta you gotta learn how it might sound from the other side, and I, that comes through in DMs, it comes through in emails. Yeah, um, it's a good thing to learn overall. It is, it is. I yeah, I guess it, it really just depends on how I guess they frame whether it's their inquiry or how they reach out. Um, you know, if they are just like, hey, like you said. What? Why are you messaging? What's the reasoning? And then do you have a link to material? Yeah, Boom. that's it. Yep. Just keep it short and simple. Um, and that's I guess I don't know. I just I feel like because when when I first started, you could DM anyone. Like mm -hmm. I was DMing like ESPN reporters. I was DMing like so, like celebrities were easy to access. Like I was just DMing them on Facebook because like at that time, not many people did that. Now I feel like, in a way, it's almost like 
DMs don't necessarily make you stand out as much it's anymore. It's like true. it's like everyone DMs. So for me, when someone emails me, that actually makes them stand out more to me because Agreed. I'm like, oh, you took the time to find it on my account. You click the email button versus just DM button. You wrote it. You wrote the subject. You did all this, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give it. Sh- I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it time and effort because yeah. you put time and effort into it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like also with emails, you can't, you can't do like two sentences and feel like it's like a f- complete email because you see the length of it. Yeah, on a DM, it looks like you've written a good paragraph and you just kind of send that off. But in an email, I feel like as you're writing it, you're like, I gotta, I got. I got to add some more substance. And you can't just, you know, increase the font yeah. size. <laughs> or be like, Mari, I have a question. Right. I've gotten those. I'm like, okay. Okay. What's, yeah. the, what's the question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's too, it's, it, there is a cavalierness to it. Um, but you're right. The times have changed. Yeah. It, it is really changing. has. It is so changing. Like, I, I think that it's, it's like reasonable that people are more on guard too. Mm-hmm. Um, because the internet has just become full of everybody and before it was i don't know it was like a ragtag group you know where it was yeah. just like most people who are your who are in your dms were probably other people who are curious enough to be doing this thing or trying this thing mm-hmm. and making it um th- like this new new landscape for hustles yeah and now it is like the given thing mm-hmm. that you're right it just doesn't it, it either doesn't stand out or it stands out too much and you're like is this a scam yeah scam. or it's like are they gonna screenshot this con- like, is it legit or do they just want to screenshot this combo right like yeah. ew, gosh there's there's so much you have to think about now that we didn't have to think about before but, but at the same time we, we we come from so many different worlds before that yeah. that we have the um the foresight to think about those things and think about the layers of what those things are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really important for listeners to understand that there is a level of like media training that everyone needs to do to be online. And it's not going to be, you know, how to host and how to um, do all the traditional things that come from media training. But you kind of got to. In a world where everything mm-hmm. is screenshotted, everything can can lead back to like what you say. And like from a very young age, everything that you say and do is now online. It's like, yeah, everyone should get media training before they even start an Instagram. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. it should be part of the policy. Yeah, you know what it is? I say people have to get trained in soft skills. Hmm. Like I think that that's something that's sometimes a little bit lacking, understanding the soft skills. Like even just like you were saying, like being aware and mindful of even the tone and cadence that you say something. You can say something twice, two times, but different tone and different cadence, and it can come across and mean something differently to another person. And understanding that, understanding body language, like like if you're trying to, you know, know when to go up to someone to pitch, but then you can tell their body language, oh, it's not the right time. And it's, it's, that helps you so much when it comes to navigating, especially like networking and building business, or even just understanding that like, hey, you may meet someone once, they may not remember you. Don't take it personally. You may have to meet them five times for them to finally be like, oh, Aaron, yeah. Like, it happens. Yeah. And I, I just think that, I think part of it is the soft skills. I also think part of it is there's such an instant gratification and immediacy in everything that, like, when that doesn't happen, it's like, what's wrong? Hmm. Like, 
did I do something wrong? Or that person did something wrong? It's never like a, I think that there needs to be more of a emphasis on patience. What, what did my friend say? My friend was saying, there needs to be a, a less intensity, more consistency. You know, the art, uh, what did she say? It was like, the art of going fast is easy, but the art of going long isn't, and it requires mm, patience. I like it. Like, to have longevity, it requires patience. Yes, it does. And golly, I didn't realize that this career could be this long. <laughs> I think every <laughs> single year since I started, I'm like, this has got to be the last year, right? And it's only increasingly gotten bigger. The industry's only gotten bigger. And that's YouTube, gaming across the board, and then beyond, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, today... Um, I don't know if this dates this episode too much, but like um, that's fine. Okay, so it was summer game game fest, and it's kind of the showcase that that brings forth like all the new video games coming out for the year. You know this, of course, yeah. mm -hmm. the audience. Um, <laughs> Thank and, you. And, and, and yeah, of course we know. <laughs> and we've got Nick Cage uh, rolling into the scene, right? And like a couple of years ago, we had Keanu Reeves on stage for the Xbox showcase, and it's tying in these massive massive industries and this is the time that we're in right now but it didn't feel like that mm -hmm. for a very very long time and so it's important to know that if you do it right you can have so much longevity in the career that the career path that you take you just got to be smart about it because you can you can skyrocket real fast and burn out and fizzle out and not be able to get back up there again. But yeah. if you kind of like, I don't know, if you're not a rocket, but you're like one of those like little tiny airplanes and you just keep going, yeah. you just kind of cruise, you can go for a long time. I also tell people too that just, I mean, one, having a million, this may sound bad, but having a million followers these days means nothing. I know. So many people have a million followers. Yeah. And then on top of it too, just because you have millions of followers does not mean that you're culturally relevant. Mm. You know, I always tell people culturally relevant or cultural relevancy is way more important than just having a following. Yes. Like to have an influence that impacts individuals or a community or uh, an industry that transcends multiple years and decades and culturally too. I mean, that's part of the reason why Snoop Dogg is still relevant no matter who you are. You could be 10 years old and you know who Snoop Dogg is, yep. right? But there's some artists that you may, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pick any specific artists because I love them, but like you would, like you could say now to some kid, they're like, who's that? Right. You know? And that's why it's like, I always say like aim to, to have some cultural relevance, like create that longevity of having an impact in your industry, having an impact in, in that specific culture or community. That's how you build longevity For versus sure. just coming in, boom, getting a bang, getting a buck. And then look, there's so many, like, even like artists, there's so many artists that came in, were hot one second, we don't hear from them anymore. Yeah. And, and I think at a time where followers beca has become currency, it's not always about the follows. And it, it's, you're talking about music, producers, most of the time, have zero following but they have produced some of your favorite songs. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking up a really, really old band that I used to be into called Orgy. And um, the band, the sorry, band. Sorry, guys. sorry, sorry. I got a little immature for a second. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, <laughs> yes, band. Band. Yeah. 
that most of the songs that I loved from that band mm-hmm. produced by the same guy. That same guy produced for, I think, like, Backstreet Boys. Oh, wow. Um, I, I think, like, pop, some pop stars and then some rock bands. And it kind of, like, across the board um, with different types of songs. But, like, banger after banger. Mm-hmm. How many followers the, does this person have on Twitter? Like, 2,000. You know, so it's like, it is not always about the follows. And I don't know if I would be touting that so much 13 years ago when I started on, on online stuff. Mm-hmm. But today, because it is such a relevant thing and such a thing that people try to hit, you know, mm-hmm. a goal of a million, get that, go- that, that platinum button or whatever it is, you know. It's, it's so much more in depth with who the movers and shakers of any industry yeah. are. People who are developing the games that you love to play don't have a million followers. Sometimes they do, but most of them don't. Most of them are not personalities. They're working. And that work and the output of that is the most important part. Yes. So don't get, don't get too bogged down on the numbers. Speaking about work and output, tell us more about what's going on in your acting world. You also part of the ownership group for Space Station yes. Gaming. Like, tell us uh, about all these other ventures you're part of. This is this is. I feel like this is where I'm just like, my soul is is just like a thing where I feel like I'm choosing to do these things. Where in a world where I feel like things were chosen for me or like mm. I, I, I fell upon a path, ballet, that was a chosen, that was a given path to me by my mom. Mm-hmm. YouTube, that was a opportunity that fell on my lap and I ran with it. I feel like now I'm in a place where I'm choosing to do things and with a real mindset and a goal um, attached to it. And I think for acting, scariest thing to try to get into because I always put it on this pedestal of like, I possibly couldn't, I can't do this. And I had to get over it and say, I've done this before. (laughs) It's just a craft and you keep working at it. I think that, you know, I had this perfectionist mindset of like, well, I better, I better be Daniel Day-Lewis, you know? And <laughs> most people can't ever get there. We can all aspire to, but um, I think as soon as I realize that this is going to be a slog, you know? It's gonna be, it's something that I work for probably for the rest of my life. Um, got a lot easier when I realized that I've already done that with dancing. Um, when I taught, I used to say plie. We all know what a plie is, you just bend your knees seemingly the most easy step a two-year-old can do it and uh you know anyone that you ask uh can can put their feet together and bend their knees it's easy it's simple but it's never easy meaning that you never master it you can work on it for 40 years and you're still trying to get better at that plie and that is a concept that i i i really really um, love to teach and remind myself in ballet and I just had to convert it to other places. Um, easier said than done. I, I, I feel like I go through these moments where everything feels right and then I'm, and then at the 99% mark I'm like I've done it all wrong <laughs> and all these doubts still creep in um, and 
I don't know. I, I don't want to um, assume this about everybody, but a lot of us, a lot of us creatives, um, no matter how long we've been doing this, we still have those moments where doubt creeps in. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not so much of a lonely road the more you talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have doubts all the time. Yeah. Trust me. Sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this again? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, why am I doing this? Is it right? I, in so many ways, I feel like there are so many paths that mm -hmm. are opened. Um, before, it used to be the one path. And now there's like, any path you want to take, go for it. And I'm like, any path? I'll pick, ooh, what if that's the wrong path? Maybe I'll pick this path. Uh, maybe that's wrong. And then I just have analysis paralysis. But I think the moments where I go with my gut feeling, it's always the right one. And jumping into acting was one of those things. As soon as I hit that moment where I'm like, oh, I can do this, I went for it. Space Station Gaming is one of the most organic ways of, of seeing myself into like the esports world because of the way that it happened. Um, Sean and I had known each other, Sean McBride, who started uh, Space Station Gaming, he and I had known each other for a long time from a creator's perspective. Um, and he and I worked on like a Samsung thing at uh, a Comic-Con one time. And like game just sort of recognized game at that point because our, our allotted time was for like an hour and the both of us stayed there for like six hours, just like having fun, getting to know people and all that stuff. And we're like, hey, I like the way you work. And so we liked our work ethic and we were friends um, for a while. And then all of a sudden I saw him at Smite World Championships and I used to go every year. And I was like, what are you doing here? And he said, I got a team. And I'm like, you have an esports team? And he started it out of the love of this particular game. Him and his buddies loved Smite so much that they started a team. And that's how it kind of like brewed into what it is now. But um, that was the first time that I saw Space Station. And I'm like, immediate fan. <laughs> and years later, you know, having conversations with Sean, I'm like, I, how do I continue what I have been given in this gaming industry and spread more of it, like open more doors for people to come through and and keep that door open. And the more we talked about it, it was me being a, a part of Space Station and that's how that happened. But mm -hmm. it came from like years of kind of ping-ponging back and forth and making sure like this is the way we wanna do it. And that first initial gut check was the right one and that's why it feels so good to be a part of it so yeah gut i don't know what it is about guts but like it is if, if you can learn to hone in and listen to it i think it's really powerful i'm still learning honestly yeah intuition is, is very powerful i feel like that's the one thing i've been able to really build on is like my intuition i always listen to my gut if something yeah. feels off mm, no, or if it feels like, yes, this is it. Go, go, go. Like, gosh, the moments, leaned into it. The moments that, because YouTube was that for me too. Mm -hmm. Why would I say yes to a job that I'm not qualified for? I have no idea. But my gut said yes and nothing made me turn around from it. If, if I could hone in on those moments more, powerful. Do you do anything? Do you meditate and stuff? Like, oh, you, yeah. Yeah, does, I meditate. Does that help? Uh, meditation it really helps with the kind of though you said the analysis paralysis like when I'm overthinking I'm like all right 
let me just sit and just whatever feeling comes to me, mm. I'm going to go with it. And then yeah. that's when I really feel like, yes, do this or no, this doesn't feel right for you. And then also another thing that I gauge is also whenever I hear about a project, I hear about something, how excited do I get when I hear it? Mm. Because I want to lean more into doing things that excite me. Yeah. We can figure out all the logistical things after, but like if I don't have that, like it's like a little flicker inside. Yeah. That's like, that's also my intuition telling me like, yes, this is, this is something you want. And there's some times where I'll like hear a situation or, or like a project and I'm like, that flicker's not there. I don't mm. think this is it for me. The fact that you can listen to it is, I think that's so powerful. Mm. I, 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 I go back and forth. I know I've got it in me. I know I've got good, um, I don't know if it's like taste or whatever it is. Like when I know I know and it's good, but I think that I waver sometimes and I'm good at convincing myself like, no, you do want that thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Just a second ago, I don't think, I, okay, fine, I want the thing. And then I'm like, oh, this is something I've shoveled onto my plate and now it feels like, now it feels like work. And and it's like, I think that there's work that feels like the type of work that you want to keep working at and the type of work where you're like, if I had just said no to this, somebody else could be doing this better. And that's hard. You know, I never, I never had like, FOMO with work like for me I always felt like what's meant for me is meant for me and anytime mm. I hear about a project like I said anytime I hear about work or project and if it doesn't if it doesn't ignite me I, I'm just like I don't want to do it and I mean of course like you know granted there are sometimes I do work that I don't want to do but like <laughs> you gotta pay the bills you know sometimes you gotta take stuff but just it's because, like your choice yeah well, it is my choice yeah. for sure but I, I, I've tried to lean more into doing things that fulfill me and ignite me. Because I did feel at one point, I don't know, I don't know if it was last year, the year before, I just did not fulfill, I did not feel fulfilled. Hmm. And I was doing so much. I feel like I was like at a high point in my career and I'm like, I'm not really enjoying some of these things. Because like, it just didn't feel like, that flicker in me like I just I don't know if it's I lost inspiration or what it was I just didn't feel it and then eventually I like did a 180 like now I'm like all right let me change my environment let me change certain things like I stayed off of Twitter I'm not really on social media a whole lot I already told you I'm hiring people to handle my social media yeah um and I just like now though I feel like I'm getting more inspired and then like this project came about of like there's something I want to do. I don't care how big it gets. This is just something that like excites me. I want to do it. And also kind of like the amount of conversations I've been having with like people like you and other creators. I'm like, yo, I have these conversations with my friends, but like, I'm like, I want to have these conversations for people to see because like, we're talking about some real shit. Like, you know, like, and I don't think enough creators really talk about some of these things or really show like, hey, your favorite creator, you think that they have it all together all the time? Nah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I think we're finally getting to a place where we can express that and mean like, mm. yeah, it looks like it's all put together, but it's put together by duct tape and like we're allowed to. But I think for a long time, and I don't know if it came from like kind of like Instagram culture or, or like, like positivity culture of like, mm. don't put anything out there that's negative, just put out the positive stuff. What it became was a yearbook of only the good stuff. And so then the perception became, wow, you're always blank, right? You're always happy, you're always having fun or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So then it, 
it became a thing where like, well, I can't disappoint and say like, today's a bad day. <laughs> but I think right now, and perhaps it's something about new generation coming up and being a little bit more real, everyone hitting reset during the pandemic. But I think everybody is a lot more realistic mm-hmm. and just being like, yeah, we're, we're going like this, but it is this and it's perfectly okay. It doesn't detract by any means. Um, so yeah. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. We are going somewhere. Where? I don't know. I'll get back to y'all in like five to ten years. We'll, we'll see. But uh, Mari, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Real Gems. What do you have coming down the pipeline? Oh, first of all, oh, dang, I don't have the book or the bag. Crap. Can, can you get the grab uh, bag? I can't even talk right now. There's a bag? I want to show your bag. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Thank I was going to talk about it. Oh, that's so nice of you. Because I was like, I was like, what's next? I was like, wait, we got to talk about the bag. First of all, guys, oh, that's sweet. the bag is the fanciest bag I've ever seen for a Switch. <laughs> I felt bad and bougie it just would, opening it. It's our answer <laughs> to there's a time to have your Pikachu uh, Switch bag. And then sometimes you got to go to the airport and look like an adult. <laughs> and I'm like, I need a bag that holds my full Switch gear, including the dock and everything when I'm like traveling. And yeah. I will say I'm in LA for a week right now and I brought the whole thing because I need to play Zelda. So <laughs> now I work, feel for, you. Work, for work, for work, for work, for work, work, you know, um, we're the only we're market the, research. <laughs> we're like the only ones that could say it. Here we go. Here, I'll let you hold it and talk uh, about it. This is your nice. baby. Hold on. Wait, I got to show the logo too. Why is this? Am I? What is wrong with me? There you go. Oh, All right, so tell it. us about the bag. How did it start? What is it? ABXY is uh, it's a homegrown company. It's me, my husband, business partner, his uh, childhood's best friend, and his buddy. So it's just the four of us. And it's not like a reskin of a different bag. Um, it's designed from the ground up. And it is for your Switch, for your Nintendo Switch. And... Um, it is like a dot. Oh my gosh! I, this is me doing a terrible demo. That's um, okay. okay. <laughs> so it's like a doctor style bag. So it opens up from the top, so that you can get like a full view. You can put in two controllers, your switch, and all of its accessories, and the dock. And if you've got like a sibling, or you know, you're bougie and you got two switches, you could put another switch down here if you want. Um, when you're on the airplane, I hated that it would always kind of slip around mm. on like the tray. Yeah. And so you could take your switch and put it here so it's like theater mode and then <gasps> that way it's not going anywhere. Wait, you didn't like, say that earlier? Yeah. Oh, that's so fire. Because the number of times that the plane would just move a little bit and my switch would go quick and then <laughs> I would have to pick it up off the floor. It was a lot. Um, and if you want to gut this thing and take the foam out and just use this part for other stuff, like you were mentioning headphones, if you want your headphones in here, your switch in here, you could do that too. So it's pretty versatile. And uh, yeah, it's called ABXY and you can find it at abxy.store. Hey, I have I have a, a travel gig coming up. I know me and Ashley are going to be bringing our bed with our switch and heading out over to D.C. for it. This is so nice. And also, Thank she so she much. brought this. I was like, oh, my God, gifts. This you know, is so I cute. Ha- I have to give full props to Peter because he's the one. He's like, give me oh, this. Oh, 
gosh, Peter, yeah. Peter, you're, <laughs> you both are my faves. I have to say that. You guys are amazing. Oh, wait, is that you? It is. It's just oh, the back of me. Look at you. Ma- I See, I know the, I know the back of your head, like, like that, you know? Um, <laughs> but what else do you have coming up? Um, got a podcast, uh, on the way, some tech stuff. Um, I think by this time it's already out. So yeah, um, we got a podcast (laughs) around AI called Apocalypse AI with, uh, Bose, who I used to work with at Smosh Games. Hmm. And, um, I got a gaming channel with my old Smosh Games crew as well called Ogsog. And... By this time, some other things might be out, but I'm not sure. They might be tumbling around. So if you would like to follow me on um, socials, it's at Atomic Mari. And you can see what's what's going on right now. Maybe it's nothing. Just kidding. Hopefully. No, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> she She's going to po- she's posting everything now. So we're good. We're going to know what's going on. <laughs> You're gonna keep inspiring me. Listen, I you do dope things. I'm like, just post it, girl. Just post it. Who oh. cares? Let the world know what you're up to. I I feel so so fortunate to be in this industry for this long and like continuously get to meet people like you. Oh, honestly, thank like you. It, it is. You are the epitome of showing that there is enough to go around that there is like so much opportunity in this industry. It's not about cutting people down. It is lifting everyone together. And from the moment I met you, I'm like, yup, yup. And it, it, it comes from experience. It comes from yeah. experience and knowing like what you bring to the table and having confidence in that. And by, by knowing that you are able to be like, Look at this person, which is what you're doing with this podcast. Yeah. Look at how many people you are lifting yeah. by by doing this podcast and showcasing other people. Like it's so freaking cool. I'm so grateful Aww. that I get to know you and the gaming industry has its own like sets of problems, the asinine sort of like headlines you read about, but there are so many good freaking people in this industry and you are you're one of the good ones. Don't right? make me cry. Yeah, I, why am I getting why am I, I getting teary talking about this? <laughs> it's the light. It's the light. Somebody's going like this. I got I, I got something in my eye. That's what it is. No, I really appreciate it. I don't know. I just I don't know. I've always been someone who's just like I I, I I've never been afraid to support other people because I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's confidence or what, but like my whole philosophy is like, I'm great at what I do. Why should I be threatened by anyone else? If anything, you're great at what you do. What we do is two separate things, same, but separate. And it's just like, there's a seat at the table for all of us. We can all win. If anything, I'm a firm believer in that. We actually all win more when we come together. Yeah. And some of my like inspirations in business and all that, they always built other people up and everyone wins. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I've always just been like that. I've never, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. I just never been, maybe part of it too is when I was younger, I definitely, you know, I, I dealt with some, a little bit of bullying and I dealt with people just not being nice. So like, I always like was like, you know, when I'm older, I, won't, I don't want people to feel that way, the way that I felt. Mm. Like, I want people to feel like it's okay to be themselves and that I'm not going to judge them and that, you know, 
in a way, I know this sounds really, this sounds really bad when you say it, but when you understand the context, it's actually not that bad. I always tell people like, I think I might have said this to you. I'm like, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't really care what you do for a living. I just like care about the kind of person you are. Yeah. Like you could be a big time person, but if you're an asshole, like I just, I don't have time for that. Like me, I just like people. It doesn't matter like how big you are. I, I treat, I treat everyone with the same amount of respect and, sure. and level. So I don't know. I think that's just something that like I've always, I've always been like, plus I've been working entertainment since I was 17. I've seen everything. Yeah. So I'm not really phased by yeah. a lot of things anymore too. It's such a, it's such a cool era to have um, around you. And it's like, mm. I've learned so much from folks like you. I remember the first time um, it kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks was Harley Morenstein, mm. um, epic mealtime, right? Like everything about him is like, tremendously big right yeah. the food that he does he's like i don't know six ten or whatever and i remember he said something to the degree of like there's there's enough for everyone and we were talking about content digital mm -hmm. stuff online things and this was i don't know got to be like 2015 something like that and it hit me like a ton of bricks where i'm just like gosh there's there's something so i was gonna say so epic that's <laughs> <laughs> so corny but there is something that that weighed so heavily on me where i'm like god gosh what a cool thing to learn right now and there have been so many folks in the industry um who have taught me that by their actions mm -hmm. and it's it's always like left a mark for sure yeah so so my last question to you i asked every guest this question this question what is the one advice that you would want the viewers and listeners to take away? What is that real gem that you want to leave today? Mm, I think we touched on it, but I think it took a long time for me to, to kind of unravel the sort of notion of like life is short and that sort of notion that we hear all the time. And it's taking me a long time to sort of separate that and realize life is so long. If you if you are given the grace of staying on this earth long enough, it is so long. There's so much time for you to do stuff. Mm -hmm. I At this point, I feel like I've lived two full lives as a ballerina and as like a specific gaming YouTube content creator. There's so many more chapters I realize the next lives I'm going to be living. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, it's a lot of what we talked about. Patience with yourself is so important because it's the way that you are able to kind of work on yourself long enough that you do gain the type of confidence that you have, Aaron, that you don't have to cut other people down. You know that your experience and your worth are earned and that way you you don't have to do that to other people. But it takes time. It takes yeah. time, experience. Those are the things that you cannot buy you can't just go to school for it um and there is no shortcut you just got to be able to learn and earn those things so yeah i think it would be to have grace have patience and understand that there is a very long road ahead absolutely mari thank you so much for joining us on real gems today you know i'm gonna hit you i'm a top you later girl we're gonna keep this conversation going but unfortunately to all of the viewers and listeners we have to end today's episode but don't worry i'm sure mari will be back again later on but let me know what is your favorite real gem what from this show 
you really enjoyed from the conversation, her perspective, let us know. Drop in the comments section. Also, do not forget, you all know what time it is. Like, subscribe, and follow, and stay tuned. If you love this episode, well, you surely will love the next one. But until then, my name is Erin Ashley Simon, and I'll catch you all later.